Hello, this is Wayne Highlander, National Sales Manager at Bone Adhesives. I'm Rob Johnson from Bona Training. All right, Rob. Today our topic is five ways that you can help your business. Um, I think this is going to be a, a, a good topic, an interesting topic to talk about today. Uh, where are you at these days, Rob? I'm heading to Atlanta. Heading to Atlanta. From where? Heading to Atlanta from Albany. Okay. I'm in the. Uh, where are you? I'm in uh, Northern California. I'm uh, recovery recovering from a dog bite yesterday. I uh, got a dog bite. Got bit by a Doberman Pinscher. Ended up in the ER last night. Are they still around? I, I haven't seen a Doberman Pinscher. Well, they should. I remember in the seventies, everybody had a Doberman. If you're yeah. a tough guy, everybody had a Doberman. Yeah, that was the. Uh, I, thought that, I thought that species was extinct. Well, they should be. <laughs> no, I love dogs, but uh what did you do to to make this dog bite? Well, you? I was over at somebody's house and um someone says, "Hey, Wayne, yeah, you do floors, right? Um we're going to put this floor in the house. Let's show you what we're going to put in." So, she goes out to the garage and and they said, "Yeah, you know, she's out in the garage, go see what she's got." I follow her out there. I go out the garage. There's guys there. And I said, where's Marissa at? They said, well, she's out in the backyard. She's, she's going to get some flooring or something. I open up the back door, and I'm standing face-to-face with, with a Doberman pincher. And the look on his face said, you're done. I mean, I, I, as soon as I looked at that dog, he looked at me, I knew he was going to bite me. And I know that, you know, you're not supposed to show him fear or whatever, but uh, I didn't think I was. But, uh, anyhow, he bit me pretty good. So... Yep, that was. Uh, he didn't like redhead. He doesn't like redhead. That, that, that could have been it. <laughs> he did not like the redhead. That was it. Took a pretty good chunk out of my arm. But uh, did he really? Yeah, yeah. It was a. Send me a picture of that. Uh, I, I, we should put a picture on online for bonus. I, everybody I, can see I that. I could do that. It's swollen up and uh, it's in the. Yeah, it was ugly. But uh, oh well. Uh, let's see here. Um, Okay, Rob, why don't you kick this off? Five ways that you can help your business. Well, I think the first one, um, you know, I think we talked about this before, but it never hurts to get the real good stuff. The first one is delegate, delegate, delegate. Keep people to their strong suit. You know, sometimes I see in the schools where um, – you know, guys want to make an install guy a sander or a sander an install guy or, you know, if he's making you money, I think, and this is just my personal opinion, you know, and, and, you know, I know some guys want everybody to know everything, which is, you know, that's how we were. That's how our company was. But I think the, sometimes to keep a guy in his strong suit, whether it's sales or marketing or sander or installer or, you know, whatever, you want to keep him that way, and you have to be the coach. Let me give you one more uh, tidbit on delegate. I was master of delegating. For instance, when um, my old partner, Pete, Pete Sherman, greatest guy in the world, when him and I had our own business, he was a master edger. I was a terrible edger. So you know, I kind of delegated that I'll run the drum and he runs the edger just so our jobs look fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, uh, I thought, master delegation. You know, people do what they do best. So Pete always ran the edger every day, 
all day long yep. while I ran the drum. Yeah, it makes sense. It's tough to do. I've talked about it before. I, I, I really had a hard time with this, uh, delegating. And, uh, um, you know, it's funny. We used to uh, – well, I'll give my, my first one is, is to keep financial score. Uh, and that's daily, weekly, and monthly. I think in order to have a good pulse of what our business is doing, we have got to itemize what our costs are and what our, what our, what our costs are going out, what we're bringing in, and, and balance balance that and sometimes that will by taking a look at that that require you to make some hard changes but i really think uh you know we're in this business to make to make money and what have you so i do think and, I, and i'm going to say again by no means i mean rob and i are not not trying to be preachy on on what people do with their business but uh if this can help somebody uh, you know hopefully hopefully it will but so I, learn from our yeah mistakes. learn from our mistakes yeah so you know i'll give you for instance uh, we used to work in a in a, a town called piedmont california and that is the most upscale upscale town in uh, in our area and i was proud to work there and it was an ego thing that you know we're, we're we're our work is so good we're we're able to work in these multi-million dollar homes which now in california every, everything's a million dollar home it seems but you know we're in a really exclusive neighborhood and this is old money you know for them to get the confidence for you to, you know and, and trust in you to be there i mean it says a lot about about your business and so i was happy to be there and then i started realizing that yes these are mansions we're working in but they're all cut up houses you know small rooms you know the hallways going in the wrong directions you know it might be three thousand four thousand square feet which you know back east might not be a big house but in this area it was um but the, they're all long difficult layouts and uh then we started working over in another another area where they were building newer homes and the same square footage would be all open open uh plans right open um, concepts or whatever open yeah. concept yeah. yeah yeah and i i noticed that we were making more money on those other jobs uh because of the time factor of the not being all the, you know the, it wasn't all small closed in rooms and hallways and doors and closets and all that stuff it was all big open rooms so then i i had to go back and adjust our costs and for those jobs in piedmont i we raised our prices pretty dramatically and um and held that price and got the price so um by by you know looking every day every week every month at your financials i think is hugely important you know i think it's interesting too how people's personality uh come through in their business you know people that are generous and open and giving i think you see that come across in their business at times and people that are very closed off and, you know, more businesslike and more, uh, more, um, you know, uh, competitive. More I think, like you. Yeah. Like, like you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah. think that comes off in, it, 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 I, I'd, I'd be too. the one who was giving and open and loving and you are uh, the cutthroat, close minded, cutthroat, mean spirit, breast, that kind of thing. Mean spirited yeah. guy. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's the red, it's the red hair. The red hair. It's it's a, every every red. time. Yeah. The All evil, right. sinister. Yeah. We, I get, get, a, yeah. we get a bad rap with the red hair, man. Uh, you the, know, I, 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 this always bugs me. Villain. Whenever they have kids, 
on TV, you know, like, you know, little kids, you know, you know, eating a bologna sandwich or something. Why is it always a goofy redheaded kid? You know what I mean? What are you trying to say? I think we should form you some know, kind of a union. Um, Emily, my oldest daughter, she heard us talking about, you know, you and your red hair and everything. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, I was really surprised you didn't mention Jack, my my uh, grandson, number three, Jackie boy. He's a terror. He's a redheaded guy. So yeah, there we're you gonna, go. Yeah, we're gonna raise him right. He one one bad look from anybody about the red hair, and down they go. That's how he's gonna. We <laughs> we have friends that uh the one of them's pregnant, and uh, my wife is listening to them talk about you know oh we think it's gonna be a boy, he's gonna be a girl, and one of them said oh I pray to God it's not gonna be a redhead. Because way back in our family, this someone had red hair. I mean, that's half, that's halfway insulting, you know. And you were right there. Yeah, well, said. yeah, I'm, I'm in the room. She's talking. She's telling this to my wife. So yeah. yeah. So anyhow, um, let's see uh, what's next. Train frequently, I think, is important. Um, you know, I think. It's so important to, to get better at our skills and, um, you know, on our craftsmanship and what have you and, and find faster and better techniques. That's why going to schools is important. Uh, I think that pays off in, in the long run. I think along with that, with train frequently, I also think it includes sharpening your selling skills. Um, you know, I, I've said it before that, you know, I don't you can't outwork a bad bid. And even if you did, it wouldn't be any fun anyway. So sharpening those selling skills, uh, teaching yourself how to how to sell better and what have you. So uh, at the end of the year, it, it makes a difference on your bottom line. I think it's important. Training is a, uh, you know, it's it's and and nowadays you can the the training can pay off in several ways. Obviously, your guys are going to be better and more skilled. But to put these videos out, I know uh, uh, Jason Carter up in Michigan uh, just did a video of, uh, of his company training. Gosh, wouldn't you want your your customers to see that that you guys actually train and you guys you know you're you you're you're getting um, certified in certain areas and stuff. So I think that's important to put it out there on Twitter and social media and and, and Facebook and and um, uh, Instagram that you're training uh, training your guys. You gotta drop you gotta drop that right there in the estimate. Yeah, I mean you want a reason that you're charging one or two dollars more per foot than the guy coming in behind you. I, and when Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner see that, oh, this guy's, you know, his guys are actively training and you know, involved in the industry, that, you know, those are the people that you want in your house. Well, you know, and it's interesting because um, I, I think sometimes we go in with a perception that you can't charge any more money than, you know, this is kind of what the going rate in the area is and this is what guys are charging, but uh, I think if you if you can really put a reason behind what you're selling and your cost and your price and everything and, and put together a nice program presentation, um, you know, people with money, they'll you know, listen, a Mercedes costs a whole lot more than a than a, you know, a Volkswagen. Right. Um, and people there's there's cars, the, the freeway is full of Maseratis and Porsches and Lincolns and nice, fancy cars, as well as, a, you know, the, the, the economy cars. So. People will pay if they understand what they're paying for. 
That German kid who beat you up really did a number on you, huh? Those are the two cars that you mentioned, both German cars, Mercedes and Volkswagens. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> he did a number on you, didn't he? Yes, yes. <laughs> you, you know, the other thing about training, too, is there really isn't an excuse not to train your guys now. I mean, you know, I don't want to sound like the old geezer, but, you know, back when we were young, I think there was only two schools a year. Nafma did two schools in Tennessee, and that was really it. There wasn't any training. I mean, the amount of training that we do here at Bona, it's it's really one of the legs of our tripod is training. Yeah. To the point if, you know, you contact your Bona, your Bona uh, territory manager, we'll get your guys trained. No, don't worry about it. We'll yeah. figure out a way to get your guys trained one way or the other. The opportunity, you just didn't have that opportunity 30 years ago. Clearly. Where today yeah. there is just so much training. And like I said, call your bone at TM and we'll set training up at your place if need be. Nice. Yep. I love all the pictures from the training and the guys. I recognize a lot of guys throughout the year. So absolutely. Invest in yourself. Invest in your company. All right. Rob, what's another one? Upselling. During that estimate, that's when you're making the money. You know, there's so many different things out there. And even talking about different things is going to give you that opportunity to, why is this guy higher priced than the other guy? Well, here's why. He's talking to me about wire brushing. He's talking to me about, you know, laying a border in a floor that's already laid. There's so many opportunities to upsell, but it also shows that you're right there on the edge of technology in the wood floor business where, you know, let's face it, a lot of guys sometimes, not a lot of guys, but there's some guys out there who are doing the estimate who just measure, give the square foot price and move on. Where if you took a little time to try to do a little upselling, it's just uh, going to add to your bottom line. Well, I mean, it's it's no different than the restaurant business. You know, there's a reason why they ask you if you want appetizers before you order your meal, you, the the drinks, and then the you know tell you what the special is, and then and then uh, you know the dessert and the, the the booze afterwards. I mean, you know that's where the profit is. So uh, you know, it, and and for me, it goes along with you know I I think uh, I'm big on goal goal setting. I think it's important. It's important in, in our business. It's also important in, as a contractor to to set goals and and look at okay, this is what we did last month. How can we improve that work? Or we have found areas that we could have upsold the job and made a little bit more money. And uh, absolutely, you're adding value to the job, and it's a good way to set yourself apart. But uh, um, you see it a lot in the gym business right now, where guys are upselling with the logos and stuff like that. It's really changed that game completely. Who would have thought? Oh my God! Graphics, yeah. graphics packages. Who would have thought yeah. ten years ago that they would be doing gym floors like they're doing right now? I mean, so somewhere it resonated. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So absolutely, I think it's important to upsell. When you were contracting, did you upsell much? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did because um, it also fit what I wanted to do. I mean, we 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 did a lot of borders and feature strip and medallions and stuff like that because uh i i you know i just enjoy doing that kind of work um 
The game has changed a little bit now with the open concept rooms and white plank, but there's still opportunities for upselling. You know, um, you know, going to a to a, a finish like Traffic HD or what have you, putting in custom vents somewhere you get to put your signature on that floor, and uh, you know, so ab- absolutely. I think it's important. That was another mistake. One of the millions of mistakes that I made when I had my own business was I was worried more about my batting average than I was about the upsell. Yeah. And, you know, I'm watching my son now and he's exact opposite. He's not worried about his batting average. He's worried about the upsell. And, you know, I can see the, the huge mistake that I made back then where, and I was very proud of that batting average, you know, mm-hmm. getting, you know, eight out of 10 estimates I was getting, but I was leaving a lot of money on the table sometimes and wasn't taking that opportunity to upsell. So I think sometimes we got to stop worrying about our, our kill ratio and, you know, take some time and do a little upselling. It's something now that, you know, I know was a huge mistake and it's something that we really preach when we go back to training. It's something that we really talk a lot about in the schools is, you know, this is an opportunity to upsell that extra money, that money during the estimate. Well, you, you talk about the batting average. I, I think it, at some point it becomes a red flag that you're getting all your estimates. You know what I mean? And, and uh, if it's in the beginning of February now and uh, you're booked out, booked out till May, um, gosh, then prices better be going up. Yeah, uh, definitely want to be raising the prices because there's nothing worse than uh, in May a killer job comes along, a really good job, but you're you're you've committed yourself to one at a much less square foot price and everything. So, yeah, uh, definitely when you start booking out ahead of time, we you know we used to raise the prices for sure. Yeah, that that's what I got obsessed with. I was obsessed with filling that schedule, you know, way as far out as I could, and just not caring about the upsell, but caring about just getting dates, getting yeah. dates, getting dates yep. and, you know, staying busy. All right. Well, and I talked about, you know, setting goals and, and, and when you talk about these and upselling stuff to me, uh, I, I think you have to have clear expectations with your guys. You know what I mean? Make sure that everybody knows exactly what the process is and everything. And when you're going into this, that, that helps streamline everything. And another way to, uh, you know, it's it's good to upsell too, but you want to make as much money as you can on these jobs by by everybody being on the same page and and uh, knowing exactly what the process is, so things get to they're moving you know uh, more uniform and quicker. What's the next one? That's uh, uh, how about pay it forward, Rob? Pay it forward. Pay it forward. I always really tried to live by this one. Another wood floor guy in the same town as I am is not my competition. I always felt my competition was tile guys, carpet guys, people that weren't doing wood flooring. And the reason I say that is, what well, you know the you know the quote I'm going to try and get out here. Oh no! The, don't the don't don't do the rising yeah. ships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, the rising, the rising tide. Yeah. Quote. Yeah. Okay. That was your, you know, the more he's making, the higher his price, the higher my price. Yep. That kind of thing. And I think by paying it forward, I mean, pay it forward to 
other wood floor guys. You know, you have to treat it as a brotherhood. They're they're not the enemy. Like I said, the enemy is carpet and tile, things like that. And I learned that I did a job and um, the wood came in and it just it wasn't right. So, you know, we started laying it out and you know, I went to the homeowner. I said, this is a lot more rustic than I think you want. And she looked at it and she goes, no, that's that's perfect. I, I love it. So we laid the floor. And there's a lot of knots and I start filling. And she goes, please don't fill anything. I want it just like that. And I said, are you sure? She said, yep. Well, we get all done. And now she's like, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I paid for it. I mean, it was just a complete door slam in the face type thing. A lot of money at stake here. And, you know, I am, I'm up, you know, what creek. Well, she calls another floor guy. And he goes in and she's like, you know, I want this floor ripped out and replaced and, you know, they're going to pay for it, blah, 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 blah. The guy completely, and I barely knew this guy, maybe to say hi to him at a distributorship once in a while. And he said, I'm not going to touch this floor. This floor is perfect. Wow. He said, there is absolutely no reason to rip this floor out. And then the guy calls me that night and he said, Hey, do you have a whack job of a customer? You know, so-and-so I said, yeah, he tells me the whole story. And that was the day that I said, wow, this is, this is truly a brotherhood. This is truly a brotherhood, you know? And one more story I got to tell, because this was just amazing. There was, uh, when I used to work in bonus sport, they have a convention every year called the MFMA convention and it's the maple flooring manufacturers. Anyways, it's all the sport guys, you know, they all get together, have a convention once a year. And we took just about everybody at the convention. Bona took just about everybody at the convention out to dinner. And gentleman from Florida, his name is Jose Diaz from Trident flooring. And he asked, Bill Price, if he could make a speech to everybody. And he stood up and he tapped his glass and everybody went silent. And he said, you know, it's awesome that once a year we can all get together here like this. He said, you know, we all do business. We're all bidding against each other and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. He said, but we are truly a family. Nobody can do what we do. And he went on to give one of the greatest speeches I ever heard of one floor guy talking to other floor guys about we are not each other's competition. We're each other's brother. And I will never forget that, that speech that Jose gave that night. It was just amazing. And it was something that I think all floor guys should learn is, um, you know, the guy down the street, he is not your competitor. Yeah. You know, I've always felt that amongst the guys that I respected, you know, who was charging a lot of money for their floors and what have you, then I, I, I am, you know, you've got a machine, you're down a machine. If something, someone stole a, a, a sander or whatever, here, man, I'll drop one off. What do you need? Uh, we had a guy that had a house fire. Yes. We dropped off. Yes, exactly. Yep. We, a matter of fact, I don't own any more tools anymore. I don't have any more sanders anymore. I've absolutely, I've, I've given everything away. 
that I've got, which I never thought in my lifetime I would be without a sander. And uh, I've given out my edger to sure somebody. sure that was a good move? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty confident in myself. <laughs> uh, how was that adhesive number last year? That was fantastic. Thank you for asking. Absolutely fantastic. Okay, and, uh, and the year prior. One more year, you're not going to need the equipment. Yeah, I'm good now. Because <laughs> you have no backup plan now, huh? No. That's, see, that's a mistake to have a backup plan. You never want a backup plan. <laughs> People talk about backup plans. You, no way. You got to invest 100% in it, man. I don't believe in backup plans. All right. Let's see where you're going there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, amongst guys I respected that, 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 you know, that really kept their prices and everything and, 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 and quality guys, 100%. Uh, I, 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 certain guys I wouldn't bid against. Or if, if I knew a guy was in a bad situation, um, I just uh, – to me, it just doesn't didn't didn't sit well with me. And for the younger guys coming up, and the guys that aren't charging the prices yet, because you know they're younger, they're they're more happy with the money because they don't have maybe obligation, what have you. Um, I think it's important to be generous to these guys, and because we've all been in that struggle before, but to help them, to, to you know, because the guy that's struggling right now is one young guy working by himself is tomorrow's superstar, right? I mean, we look at the 40, 40 under 40 guys and, uh, and gals and see where, where everybody came from. And and uh, I, I do think it's important that we, uh, like you said, it's a brotherhood. And I'll tell you something. I was at Surfaces in Las Vegas last week. Um, and, um, man, you walk that floor and you see that that is not our industry, man. I mean, it's all pre-finished, uh, uh, not pre-finished, uh, LVT and all the LVT floors and, and ceramic and all that kind of stuff. That's the competition. That's why we offer something that's unique to this, to this world, and that is custom hardwood floors. You're putting your signature on that, every floor you do with that sander. And uh, it's important we keep this trade alive. And, uh, and the new generation, the guys and gals coming up, I think, you know, man, let's give these guys a hand and support them. And, you know, this industry used to be very closed off where people wouldn't share techniques and stuff. And I, I give a lot of credit to the, uh, the NWFA for, for uh, dispelling a lot of that kind of behavior. So, yeah, couldn't agree more. Pay it forward. I like it. All right, Rob, what's the next one? Oh, oh, always one of my favorites. Yeah. It's always tax time. Man, amen. Yep. It's always tax time. Too many small business owners think about taxes just at the end of the year, but that's not the way it works, is it? Not around here, not in New York. Well, this was your baby. Did you what? ever have any? <laughs> did you ever have any issues? Part with taxes? Yeah. Uh, no, because I, I credit my wife, uh, and that's how the business. First of all, my father-in-law was a very shrewd business guy, and uh, he dialed me in right from the beginning on that to put money aside, put money aside, and pay yourself, and and uh, that type of stuff. So. Uh, we're, I was very fortunate in that regard. Did you hire somebody or did you take care of the books? Uh, yeah. Towards the end, we did hire a bookkeeper to do all this for us. And, uh, but I was already dialed in on, on the importance of this early on. Um, I was, I was fortunate in that regard. This is where I did not take my grandfather's advice where he said, be a businessman first and a craftsman second. So when Pete and I started our own company, we, uh, we hired an accountant and, um, 
I would say it was our second or third going into our third year of business. And I said to him one day, and now I was the estimator, you know, I was sales and estimating and Pete was the bookkeeper and I'm not passing any blame on him because who knew something (laughs) like this could happen. I think the story is you never think it's going to happen to you. There's no way something like that could ever happen to you. So I was like our second or third year in business. And I said to Pete, I go, it's amazing that we never pay taxes, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just amazing. And I'm, I'm signing, I'm signing all these tax forms and everything. I mean, you know, it all looked very proper and important and, you know, and there I would sitting in the, our accountant, I won't say his last name, but Bruce sitting in his office and signing papers and talking like we were businessmen. I felt like, man, this is awesome. I am truly a businessman now. You know, I'm delegating mm-hmm. here. This isn't my thing. I'm a sander. I'm not a tax guy. And uh, we get a letter from the IRS. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yep. You know those phone calls that you get from the IRS that are fake? Yeah. The IRS doesn't yeah. call people. Get- you get a, a registered letter and the mailman needs a signature yeah. when he hands it to you. It's I, one of those letters. I've, you know I've gotten that phone call and I've given that phone call. <laughs> so I get this letter and it said, uh, uh, you need to come into the office at the Albany Federal Building. You and your partner. Now, Pete got, Pete, they didn't say you and your partner. They just said me. And then, you know, I'm talking to Pete and Pete got the same letter, like the same day. That's a scary letter. Isn't the, it? IRS, the IRS is telling us to come into their office. And I keep going back to like, no way, no way that this is going to happen to me. I mean, this is, you know, this doesn't happen to guys like me. How scary was that letter? So hey, go, hang, on, hang on a second. How scary was that letter? I'm puckering up right now. Yeah. If you know what I mean, thinking about that letter. Yeah. And you know how new we were. So, uh, we get the letter, we go to the accountant. We say, Hey, uh, you know, we just got, Oh, he goes, this, he says, that's nothing. Don't worry about it. Come back here in a couple of days. We go back to his office in a couple of days and he's got papers that are as thick as a phone book. For each of us, you know, this big, huge pack of papers. Here's everything you need. Don't worry about it. This is a little game they play. And I'm thinking, really? I can't breathe. Yeah. You know, this is a game that they play. So there, Peter and I were riding up the elevator in the federal building to the IRS, you know, on whatever floor. Actually, we were riding with a local politician who we'd seen on the news who had all sorts of tax issues and everything. He looks over at us and he goes, ah, don't worry about it, boys. <laughs> That's like, oh, this is awesome. Walk into an office. They take us separately. He, Pete goes to one office. I go to another. I lay the paperwork out. I hand it to the agent. I go, here you go. You know, this is what Bruce sent. And, you know, this should take care of everything. So he's flipping through it. And every once in a while, he's just like scattering through the pages and then looks up at me and he goes, what the hell is this? I go. I have no idea. I'm uh, I do hardwood floors for a living. I don't do taxes, you know, yeah. but he said to give this to you. Uh-huh. And he said, well, 
we don't even know what this is. This is useless. And he kind of throws it on the side of his desk. I'll never forget these words as long as I live. He says, look, the good news is there'll be no jail time involved here. <laughs> Swear to God. That's the good news. That's okay. That was the good news for that day. Wow. And I said, I said, it, you got to have the wrong file or something. You, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm, I just sand floors for a living. He said, well, you've been falsifying your tax returns for three years. Oh, no. And he goes, here's your signature. <laughs> yeah, here's your signature right on it. <laughs> oh. Yep, that's, that's what he said to us. Wow. The good news is there'll be no jail time involved here. I said, um, can I just have Bruce come in and talk to you guys? And he said, uh, really, legally, I can't tell you what's happening, but Bruce is no longer allowed to practice in front of us, and uh, there's a warrant for his arrest. Wow. <laughs> and this is all happening. <laughs> this is all happening to a guy driving around a 78, 78 Chevy van with floor sanders in the back, you know, just sanding and installing hardwood floors. And that was the news I got that day. There'll be no jail time involved. Wow. The accountant, I guess he had had, my accountant had multiple. um, And he always asked us to, he always said, you know, I also have a, have a service where you just deposit all your money with me and I'll pay all your bills. I'll pay you guys. I take care of everything. And I always thought, I, you know, I, I like having a little control over what, you know, whatever. Yeah. What he was doing was taking money and then taking money from one guy's account, putting it in another, and it was a whole thing. But for three years, I was falsifying my tax returns wow. and signing my life away. So any of you new guys who are getting into the business, this stuff can really happen, okay? You really need to be careful and, you know, need to keep your eye on the ball because even the guy at the IRS said to me, didn't you have a red flag in your head when, when you hadn't paid any taxes in three years? I, I said, yeah, I absolutely did. But my accountant kept telling me, no, you're a brand new business. Every, it's all, you have all these write-offs. And I was like, you know, okay, you're, you're the man, not me. <laughs> so I will say this, the IRS were wonderful people to deal with. Pauline and I had, uh, like, a. a a brand new car payment for about seven years to pay that off. They were very nice on wow. figuring out uh, how we were going to pay all that money back. And, you know, they didn't want to strap us too bad and everything. So, and I'm not kidding. They were <laughs> nice to deal with and it was a nice payment plan, but it was like having a car payment for seven years without having a car. Yeah. And I think we, one thing takeaway here too, is like you said, you know, to ease the burden of the tax season, just keep it in your mind all year round You know, put that money aside uh, is huge. And also keep your receipts and your invoices and that kind of stuff and be organized. And uh, man, it's huge. I think, <clears throat> and I think it goes along with, you know, we're businessmen first and women, right? I mean, this is our, this is our, you know, yes, well, it's a craft, but you definitely we're, this is not a hobby. We're here to make money. No question. 
and uh, should not be ashamed of that either. And when we, we put our prices out there. So one thing that we said, Rob, that, that I think is important is basically is you, you, to work on your business and not in your business. You know, then sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. And so I think one of the hardest parts for guys transitioning into businesses and, and into more to the business side of it is to leave the tools alone and then start working on your business instead of in your business. And so maybe some of these no, tips. That is, that should go right back to the, the advice one. That is just awesome advice. Cause yeah. Yeah. As soon as you take your eye off the ball. Yeah. The next it, thing you know, the good news you get that day is there'll be no jail time involved. <laughs> yeah. So being able to work on your business, you know, delegating, like we said, and uh, sharpening your selling skills, keeping your financial score, uh, paying it forward, uh, upselling when you get every time you get a chance and make sure you train, train, train. And um, so that's all I got. That's a good one. It's a wrap. All right, Rob. So let's end this with a quote from Colin Powell. And that quote is, there are no secrets to success. It is the result in, of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. Another deep quote. Can I share my deep quote? Absolutely. Some of you never held the flashlight for your dad and had him yell at you for not shining it in the right place. And it shows. <laughs> I think Confucius said that. <laughs> ah, that's pretty funny. All right. So I like that one. I do too. And uh, listen, we, we uh, appreciate our listeners and the time that you uh, you spend with us on the podcast. And uh, we hope you go out there and have a great, successful uh, adventure in this hardware floor business. And this has been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne Highlander and Rob Johnson. Please stay tuned for another episode.